I will definitely call you back later then. Come on, wrap it up. Big circle. Okay, you know what? Wrap up the circle thing. Come on. Commissioner Parker, wrap it up, please. Okay. Okay, everybody, that's a wrap. That's a wrap. It's the end of the week. That means it's time for me to hang out with a couple of friends here in the studio and talk about the news of the week and just, you know, pretend we're drinking coffee or, uh, you know, drinking beer or eating baklava, as the case may be. That's going to become relevant here in a moment. Uh, an old friend, Jonathan Owens, not that he's old, but we've been friends a while. Well, okay. <laughs> uh, yes, we have been friends. He's the uh, owner of the Elbow Room. Jonathan, welcome back to the uh, the wrap. And a brand new friend who I'm actually meeting for the first time today, uh, Melissa Simpson, who is a commercial realtor and owns the Sweet Greek in Milton and did bring me some <clears throat> yummies. <laughs> I'll take that. That's good. Uh, Mil- uh, Melissa, uh, you, you came to my attention only because you, um, <laughs> unfortunately, were the subject of an email discussion uh, in the city of Milton that we publicized because it had to do with Mayor Heather Lindsay saying some things about you and the city manager responding that he's not sure he wants to keep working for a place where they do stuff like this anymore. I'm like, you should have known that going in. We told you going in. You knew this was going to happen. Uh, but anyway, so um, and then you came and quite appropriately said, so don't ever do that again. Uh, you might be open to litigation and uh, you need to say you did wrong. Is that correct? Ha- has she done that? She hasn't done that yet, right? So far, I have not had any response. Okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, you know, we'll we'll see what happens. Uh, hope springs eternal. <laughs> you n- <laughs> you never know. Not in local politics in the Panhandle. Now, <laughs> yeah, look, I've been here ten years. I know what's wrong. It's most of it. Um, yes, and do. I still hope for better things. And sometimes you get them, right? St- sometimes some, you don't. Some, that's like they're like mounds. Um, so. <laughs> Big, big. Almond Joy's got nuts. Thank you. <laughs> big story this week, uh, in my opinion. Probably the biggest thing that they're doing in session uh, is the HB one, HB three. A pair of bills. HB three is the got to prove that you're 18 online and not just a, are you 18? Yes, but you actually have to go through age verification, driver's license kind of thing. Something, yeah. yeah. Something. And uh, the other one is HB uh, one, which is a social media ban for kids. That if you're under 16, 15 and under, you cannot have a social media account in the state of Florida. If you're 16 or 17, you can have one with some guardrails. And if you're 18 and up, all of us who have social media are going to have to verify our age, which is not hard to do. There's all kinds of mechanisms to do it. That passed in the House overwhelmingly. The uh, porn ID passed unanimously, and it's going to go to the Senate. The Senate looks like they're going to take them up and probably fast track them, and likely we're going to get both signed into law. I didn't realize how much I wanted this bill until I started hearing them talk about it. And now I'm so excited about the HB one. Oh, the the, the, the social media bans that you had on yesterday. I mean, that was some emotional stuff. Oh, the some of the people talking about the cases and the the harm done to kids and I listen to you every themselves morning. Because, oh. and, and taking my kids, I was, I was just telling Melissa earlier. I'm bringing my kids to school. They get to listen to Andrew McKay, and so they're learning all about local politics at eight and nine years old, and. It was silence when you were playing those clips, and um, and my nine year old was like, "That stuff really happens." And I told my eight year old, who had just days, just the day before, said, "Dad, can you put your age, can you put your birth year in here so I can download this game?" Mm. And I said, "No, I can't." And she said, "Well, why not?" I said, "Because that little check is to keep you safe." 
And she's like, I don't understand. I said, well, you'll, you'll understand. I said, let me explain it to you. So I explained it to her a little bit, and then her attention span went away, and she wanted to go do something else. Well, as we were riding to school yesterday, they're hearing all of these things, and they're like, this stuff really happens. I said, yes. I said, that's what parents are here for, or to protect you. And not all parents parent the same way. And sometimes kids get access to things that they shouldn't get access to, and therefore getting access, other people get access to them. And uh, bad things can happen. And they were just silent. So after so that really oh yeah oh totally helped persuade them. Oh man, I'm so I'm so see because you know me. Yeah, I'm reluctant to put that kind of stuff out in the morning because I know it's so sobering and scary. But but even so, I know it's hard stuff to hear. But but my reasoning was, it's hard stuff to hear. But kids who don't know this happens need to know this happens and take it seriously. Right. And that's, wow, that's super encouraging to find out that they reacted that way. Uh, Melissa, you've got girls, right? Young girls? I have a 10-year-old and an 11-year-old Ugh. who just got phones, unfortunately. Well, we get, we get they had phones, that. but they don't have social media. And they don't even have data plans. They just have Wi-Fi, so yeah. they use it at home, like as a tablet, basically, is how we did our phones. But Yeah, our, our girls, um, we used it mainly as uh, an ability to communicate with them. That was the hope. Mm-hmm. But the problem that we run into is... Even if we don't give them access, their friends may have access. So, for example, my kids aren't allowed on TikTok, but all I hear from them is TikTok because mm-hmm. they go to their friend's house and so on. Right, or school and aftercare and, and, and things yeah. like that. And then we've actually found some interesting workarounds that my kids have found okay. where, so for example, they've got the age restriction. And um, my daughter, my little one, loves Sheen. I don't know if you know what that no. is. It's like a, it's like a, like a clothing app. And the kid stuff is super cute, by the okay. way. Okay. Okay. So, but the adult clothes can get inappropriate and whatnot. So, of course, it's under the banned section for her, for her age group. So, somehow she's on something. And you know how your Google will now trace where your IP has been? Okay. So, if we've sure. been on Sheen, which we've been on Sheen to go buy her stuff for Christmas, right? What happens is somehow when she's in our Wi Fi system, it actually pops up as a pop-up on her phone. Okay. And she can bypass the the, the age restriction, age yeah. threshold. Uh-huh. And so, you know, thank goodness she's only looking up kids' stuff. But technically, if you go onto the website, again, if you go into the older clothes, there's some inappropriate stuff. And so there seems to always be this little workaround. And at the end of the day, you know, um, and I'm, I didn't listen to the show with, you know, all the details and whatnot, but... Um, I'm very much of a, I think the government is terrible at doing its job. It should be involved in as little as possible and that parents need to be parents. Right. But the reality is you can't watch them all the time. You can instill the best morals that you can with them and protect them as much as possible. But you have this avenue that's working against you. Mm-hmm. It's, a very, it's a very fine balance of what's, you know, where's big government coming in versus how do we protect them from people who are intentionally trying to hurt them? And I mean, it's kind of like the bad old days when marketers would deliberately advertise to kids in cartoons and they would teach us how to smoke. Right. The Marlboro man. Right. He was marketing to the eight year olds. And somebody had the bright idea. Oh, maybe this isn't a great plan to let advertisers market products that are harmful to their health to kids. Let's try to protect kids programming in that way. And, we just never really have caught up with that on, you know, digital platforms. And this is, it's a, it's a first try in my opinion, but it's a first try to do a thing that needs to be done, which is something to control this. And it's funny to me because, you know, the, 
they'll argue, well, you're taking rights away from parents. Well, theoretically, you can't have an Instagram account if you're 13. Like, you have to be old enough to even have... So there's already an age restriction supposedly in place. We all know that's widely violated. We're just raising it and making it a government-backed Well, well I think it makes the parents accountable. Much like uh, legislation that came in, like, the 80s or 90s, if, if your kid does something at school then is the, their damage is something at school, then the parent is ultimately responsible right. for whatever the cost of those damages were. Well, I mean, did that help? I, mean, I think it helped for a little while, but, I mean, it, now it's really hard to enforce that, right? right. I mean, what's the, the legal cost of enforcing something like that? So was it a good rule at the time? I think it uh, disincentivized or, you know, it stopped kids from doing things because their parents were like, well, I can't afford to fix what you screw up, so don't screw anything up. And, and I, I agree it's not perfect. I agree there's all kinds of questions and there's going to be legal challenges, but I just feel like it's so important. It's such a risk. And I have, we didn't let our kids have social media, and I really don't think any kids. That's the reason for the law. No kids should be on it. Some will lose the benefit of it, but an awful lot will lose the harm of it. And you know, my, my kind of one-liner on the topic uh, yesterday was, how many of you have ever said to yourself, I, I'm so glad we didn't have social media when I was a kid? I, I loved that. I love that. Well, Take, give, give, that, that. Give, that give, give that back to your kids. That, that's um, it. I mean, in, in today's world, should our kids be really worried about becoming an influencer and becoming a millionaire because oh. they're going to be an influencer? <laughs> I mean, do you it's, want I mean, yeah. that, and that's what they see, right? right? I mean, your heroes become what you see. You, so, Slash like, famous from doing the most dangerous recent TikTok dare you know right like right, all right, of that. right eating tide to, pods or whatever we need to take a quick break we'll just get traffic on the fives jake's got that for us uh, just you guys talking it reminded me i had a what was it joe camel from camel cigarettes mm-hmm. that was my lunch bag in school when i, I was i so believe I, it I, it's just you remember it ashtrays at mcdonald's yeah. i remember oh, yeah. making your parents an ashtray in um 3d art class out yeah. of lottery mm-hmm. <laughs> yep oh yeah <laughs> I mean, it's crazy anyway yeah. go on uh, i'm not seeing any major slowdowns or accidents to report to you as of uh, this morning here uh i-10 and i-110 are posted speeds 98 90 29 all looking good if you see anything out there let me know 437 1620 i'm jake walker with traffic on the fives thanks so much jake um we were, we were talking off air when you first came in melissa just kind of about how your restaurant came to be it's a, it's a coffee bakery, right? Greek so bakery a, and coffee? Yeah, boutique, Greek pastry and okay. coffee shop. The but sweet but it came about because you, during COVID, mm-hmm. wanted to teach, do something fun with your kids and wanted to teach them how to cook like your ancestors, right? Yeah. So, you know, everybody kind of ran into the same situation with COVID. You, hey, the next day, guess what? Everybody's at home with their kids. Mm-hmm. And, you know... Um, I finally, as bad as COVID was for everybody, I always think there's a positive to everything. And for me personally, it made me sit down and realize how how much I had been working and really sit back and say, hey, I, I want to be a better mother. I want to spend more time teaching them what I learned. My grandparents spent a lot of time with me and it was something I wanted them to have as well. And so we did everything from, I pulled out the sewing machine, taught them how to thread a bobbin. We sewed masks, right? Okay, was yeah. doing that. We started a garden. We did science experiments. We started, I started teaching them Greek. We put stuff up on the, you know, you know how you label everything in your house. We right. did some of that. Um, we made palms for Greek school. We, we did a bunch of different things. And um, I started teaching them some of the cooking. And the girls have kind of taken to different things. But that's part of why I started the restaurant was my great grandparents had restaurants. Um, my grandfather, of course, worked in them, my grandmother. And it's a it was a large part of their life. The food, of course, in Greek culture is a huge deal. Right, right. And 
you know, if you go talk to the elders in the church community, they'll even tell you for, for festivals and so on, you know, their biggest fear is worrying that the festival will die out because the people making the food are usually the older women right, and, and right. men. And it's not being taught. And so I made it a point to make sure I'm like, you know what? We're going to go in. I'm going to take all of their recipes. I've got my Yaya's, my great Yaya's recipes handwritten and uh, in, in her own writing. So and in Greek, the recipes in, are in, in Greek. In Greek, yeah. Oh, man. And so, and, and it's really hard to, I had the biggest problem with the restaurant from a food distribution standpoint because remember, so if you needed butter, they were making butter. Okay. On their own. I got you. And so the quality of the butter, our ingredients are very high quality because again, in fact, we're going to make a soup. We're going to make a soup called Avgo Lemono Soup. And it's an egg lemon. <laughs> <laughs> that's and, how, how, I speak no Greek, so all right. So uh, uh, we're going to make this soup. And um, so my distributor's like, oh, I've got, uh, I've got, uh, Gre- uh, I've got stock, chicken stock. Okay. Oh, no, 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 no. We're, we're making the stock. Right. Yeah. But the, are you serious? Yeah. I'm not, we're going to make the stock. And then I said, I need carrots. Like, you know, I want organic carrots or I want, you know, it should have stock on it or something. So that attention to the detail, Mm -hmm. it it makes such a difference. And the quality of the food for the kids to actually try it the way it's supposed to be. I mean, that's what's really neat. So COVID kind of allowed me to do that. That's where the idea, I've always wanted to do it. Okay. Um, My, my extended family has a hundred year old chocolate company. And so it started in Greece, was brought over. And so we brought that into the shop as well, just as a little side item. And again, it's, it's tying them in. Um, Their family took care of our family. My great grandfather died of an appendicitis. And so my great grandmother, um, she ended up, she had four kids, two brand new twin baby girls and two other children. And what do you do in Greece? So she moved in with her brother and his family. Okay. And they basically grew up as siblings. And that family is the one that now has the VRS uh, uh, fine candies and chocolates. That's what it is. And they're um, the youngest granddaughters are my daughter's godmothers. Okay. So we still keep it all tied in. Family, culture, history. Mm -hmm. I I, I mean, I I love it. It's a horrible thing what we went through with COVID, but there are some things that grew out of it. And I love that idea of, I mean, I was, you know, like I teach my, I try to teach my boys how to cook. So far, I've got one who's really picked it up, one who has no interest in ever learning how to cook, and one who's sometimes a little bit here and there. But, you know, I mean, I have my mom's rolling pin and my mom's uh, recipe holder and some of my mom's recipes written in her handwriting and that kind of stuff. And I try to connect them a little bit with, you know, you know, your mom loved to cook or your grandma loved to cook and all that kind of stuff. But uh, that's just that's a way, as you say, it's to connect. It doesn't necessarily have to be a business, but I can imagine trying to do it their way. And that slows you down, that puts you in the pace, the rhythm, the connection with the past, the tradition that cooking can be, as opposed to this sort of, I don't know, assembly line process that a lot of times it is and that we eat the stuff at the other end of that. That's great. Uh, 8.54 here on News Radio 92.3. Um, Jonathan? Yes. Beach access? Yes. <laughs> Pensacola Beach or Perdido no, Key? Key? Oh, yes. yes. We have four of them now. Yeah, so... This was a very interesting conversation to me the other day when Commissioner Bergash, uh, who I think you know. Um, I am familiar. <laughs> uh, Charles Krupnik from the Perdido Key Associates comes up and says, the residents of Perdido Key don't want more and more and more visitors to the beach because that's causing problems now. We don't want more of that. I mean, that was kind of the version of what he said. So we don't really want more parking and more and more beach access. Um, and, and 
Jeff basically says, I don't care what you want. The other people in my district want it. And um, which I, I can kind of see both sides. You know, it's a amenity available to the public, not available to the public, all of that. Um, but uh, I just thought it was an odd position to take coming into an election year of I don't care what you guys want, even though you're in my district now. But I do care about what these other people want. What part would you like me to tell you? <laughs> There's so many, so many options, so many options. Well, what, can what is you, the need? Is the give... need for more parking? Is the need for more space? Is the need for location of the beach access? And would would having more of it change traffic and culture of the island? So, as the listeners may or may not know, prior to redistricting, uh, just that was part of District Two. Um, so I had you know seven, six and a half years of dealing with you know, people being stuck in the sand out there or someone trespassing on someone's private property because Perdido P, uh, you own down to the mean high tie line, except for recently now they've discovered some, you know, area that's the public, the public can use out by of, the water. Right, out right. by the water. Well, <clears throat> we were trying, when I say we, Commissioner Underhill was trying um, to work on expanding Beach Access 3, which was logical that's that's the one right at river road at river road okay. yeah beach access three is right across the street from river road so and if that had expanded enough if you if if the county could have acquired and if the property owner at the time was willing to sell it if we could have we mean the county could have uh, acquired those three parcels it would have connected beach access three to the state park Oh, right? that's a so, lot of land. Oh, my goodness. You would have all those three parcels, which are currently parking today, illegal parking, right? Okay. Because people are trespassing and parking on private property, getting stuck out there, you know, so, and so forth, keeping, I guess, the towing companies in business. But um, if you could have expanded Beach Access 3 and made all of that some sort of parking, yeah. it would have just alleviated the need for parking on Perdido Key. Well, that didn't happen. Call it politics. Well, plus, you, I, you would have whatever. had a lot of people coming to the just outside the core area that right. tries to become more business growth and so amenities. The current right? so commercial core that. really is between um, Johnson Beach Road, where the roundabout is, yeah, yeah, like yeah. it or hate it, um, and then River Road. And then beyond that is, you know, State Park. And then uh, you've got some spotty, you know, commercial businesses that are down there. You've got some restaurants. But between River Road and Johnson Beach Road, you've got Lillian's, you've got the Jellyfish and that whole complex there. There's a a bunch of vacant land that, I mean, that's really the core of the Perdido Key Master Plan, right? The town center or whatever it was going to be developed as, as, as part of the Perdido Key Master Plan overlay. So it made logical sense from a traffic standpoint and a public safety standpoint and a walkability standpoint to expand Beach Access 3 to the west and try to connect it to um, the state park. To the state park. Okay. So that would have been, a, you would have been able to walk from because now there's a the, so the with path the, with the residents on with the uh, you know what we got to get another traffic in here uh, and we're almost totally out of time which is my fault oh, we're for good there, there's the nothing Jake. happening just okay. you can skip me cool okay. traffic on the fives well, traffic on the fives. Uh, fives but do the residents on Perdido Key do they support expanding beach access because that seemed to be what Charles Krupnik was saying was that the residents don't support it yeah <clears throat> do they not support it because it has had an adverse the previous has had an adverse effect on their experience that they purchased right because if someone purchased pr- property on Perdido Key they expect a their private beach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm, I'm air quoting their private beach. But um, I think if it was done right and presented properly to the people of that own property on Perdido Key, uh, that it would be of a benefit as, to as them. A, to, as a with and it's all as opposed to an us versus right, you. Right. To, to, okay. I mean, do you open, do you need to have six public beach accesses or should you consolidate them and make 
beach access three, a larger parking area, and then consolidate like where your traffic west or something. Right, where you should consolidate your traffic. Okay. So. Well, that was way long. Sorry. No, that's helpful, but that that puts it in perspective, friend. I did not know that had been the plan for uh, for access number three. Um, <laughs> what an what an interesting pair. Both we didn't even get into talking about how both of you own restaurants and labor issues yeah. and the report this week that two trillion dollars of productivity was just <laughs> into the air because of people underperforming their job duties. Quiet quitting in the last year. Quiet quitting. Um, we'll have to talk to you about all of this more in the future. And we didn't even talk about Milton City Council. Maybe to the better, Melissa. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Well, thank you for joining us today. Thank you. Uh, Jonathan, thank, thank you. for you. having it's us. It's always good to have you. Uh, go Lions. That's all I have to say. And uh, we'll see you in a bit.